0: Welcome to the Wounded Healers Podcast. I'm Janessa.
1: And I'm Amy.
0: We were brought together by our shared wound of an autoimmune condition in our early 20s.
1: This is a place where we explore our wounds with our listeners and guests who recognize the challenges of being human in hopes of helping all of us let Let the the light light in. in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Wounded Healers podcast. Hi, Janessa.
0: Hey, Amy. And hi, Erin. Erin is our guest today. I'm so excited for this episode. Um, It's like both exciting for, I think, our listeners, but also I'm just filled with a lot of joy right now because selfishly, I'm like, I got so many questions that I'm really interested (laughs) in too. (laughs) Yes. So um, yeah, so Erin, if you would like to take a moment, I'd love to have you introduce yourself to our audience.
2: Sure, yeah. My name is Erin Wage. I am from Santa Cruz, California, and I am a professional astrologer Uh, formerly I, I used to manage a very large farm many years ago and in the process of learning when to plant seeds and so on and so forth I started realizing that this astrology stuff is very very real you know figuring out when to plant seeds it makes a big difference if you plant a seed on a full moon versus a new moon that sort of thing and and right around that time we started to lose profits just on this small farm mm-hmm. and that's when all of a sudden i was like well i guess i'll go to astrology school <laughs> and oh, so that's God. that's kind of how i fell so deeply in love with it there's more to that story we'll go into that more later but so that's what i do i'm a western astrologer using usually a whole sign house system sometimes a placidus house system just kind of depends on what i'm doing mostly focused on psychology and helping people just understand who they are why they function the way they do what's their you know what's their their ultimate destiny here and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing but I'm also very deep into helping people with vocational astrology helping people figure out what I love working with college kids helping them figure out you know what to major in and also very deep into medical astrology which that I kind of went professional with that a couple years ago and so yeah that's what I do
0: wow i'm Amazing. in smiles over here i know you can't hear you can't see us listeners but i'm just in full <laughs> smiles i'm like oh, we got so much good stuff to go through well so is, um, is that how you two
1: linked up in the first place was mm-hmm. did you have a medical reading specifically janessa after your mm-hmm. diagnosis no
0: no, but what I what actually happened is, so there's this really amazing bookshop that I've been going to since I was a kid with my mom called East and West Bookshop, and it's in um, downtown Mountain View, California, and if you guys are ever visiting or in the area, I would highly suggest going there. Um, beautiful people work there, just all around good energy. And I had been attending their, like, in-person classes they do there, and It was COVID time, so things went more um, onto video platforms online, and I saw something coming up was on astrology, and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, and so it was Erin, and I was like, okay. So I watched this awesome astrology um, session she kind of did with everyone and explaining the South, your South and north notes um and it really resonated with me and I was just like oh the the moment I was in that class I knew that um I knew that Erin had that like it, it was like her sole purpose to give this information because it, it projected out just the way I needed to be able to see it and hear it and feel mm-hmm. it so um yeah I was very interested and after I was like okay how do I book a reading with her <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to I need to You're know like, let more. me at her <laughs> yeah really yeah I was like so I booked a session with Aaron and it was just so good because at that time I was between switching like careers and really just getting into um, creating my Instagram Mm -hmm. and um, I was I mean I'm always kind of confused in life but it really (laughs) helped me to have Aaron there at that moment being like hey these are your gifts Mm -hmm. and like you can really, like, draw upon these, like, and don't be afraid to, you know. Nice. So that's how I know Aaron And I, it's been, I think it's been almost three years since my reading, and I still look back on that video. And actually, Aaron, something I don't know if you know is that the name of our podcast came from your reading with me. Oh, no no I'm not it's like I have it down to the moment of a recording but you were like oh and then right here you have Chiron Mm -hmm. and its placement is uh, usually a wounded healer and you're like is there any wound you're going through and I literally was like oh my gosh there is it's (laughs) rheumatoid arthritis and ever since I heard that word wounded healer I was like Something has to, like, I have to create something with this. And when I met Amy, it was so clear to me that, like, the podcast we were going to do, I was like, what do you think about this name? I got it from an astrology reading. And (laughs) Amy was like, that's it. That's the one. That's
2: so great. That's so neat to hear. It's such a good name for a podcast. I'm surprised nobody else has come up with that yet. So
1: (laughs) bravo. Uh, (laughs) It was meant uh, to be. Meant to be. It was meant to be ours. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Aw, well, thank you. Uh, well, yeah, thank you we for being get... here. Mm-hmm. And we could get into a hot or not question, I yes, think. Please. Yeah. <laughs> so, Amy, do you want to say what our hot or not question is? Because mm. I feel like I just, like, talked so long because I'm so excited <laughs> about Erin <Airbnb> being here.
1: <laughs> um, so, our hot or not this week is when you are interested in dating someone and you look up their star. Signs, Mm -hmm. um, and whether we think that's a positive thing to do or whether it's a detriment. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I would have to say that this might not be the right answer,
2: but there's no way I would ever go on a date with somebody without totally. Yes,
0: yes. (laughs) But I have
2: to say this: I've been with the same man for almost 18 years, and. i was an astrologer and um if i would have known how to do astrology i mean even compatibility readings and you can do something called a davison chart where you put your chart and somebody else's together and see your karma together and there's all kinds of wild things you can do but if i were to have done that when we got together i would have been like oh hell no (laughs) because and we really for the first 10 years of our relationship it was extremely rocky but Mm -hmm. i i have absolutely zero requests it's it's such a happy healthy relationship after all this time so Mm -hmm. and it has been for so many years so i will say this if you're going to look up somebody's chart you know you can look up their sun sign easily you know somebody's a scorpio read about scorpio you can read about a virgo but it's so important to realize that that if somebody, using the sign Scorpio as an example here, if somebody's a Scorpio, you could read all this stuff about the sign of Scorpio, and sure they're gonna have some of those qualities and tendencies, but there's so much more to the natal chart than just the sun sign. Mm-hmm. So they can be completely different than the average Scorpio. But looking yeah. up their, as long as, if you know their birth date, time and location, then you can yes. really get into the nitty gritty. But <laughs> yeah, most people don't know, you know the time somebody was born on a first date but you could at least look up some some things knowing their birthday and just kind of have an idea as to whether or not it's it's going to be something that's compatible
1: yeah i have a fun i have a fun story that links on exactly to what you were just saying so my current boyfriend his name is edward he is an aquarius and he is just he's you judessa might say he's quite Aquarian, but to me i didn't get it and i'm I'm a I'm a Taurus sun and a Taurus moon. So I'm like super grounded, like very like homestead, all of that. And like obviously Aquarian is like independent, free thinker, like doesn't want to be tied down. And I'm just like, I want to tie them down. <laughs> <laughs> but like everything. His whole appra- his whole approach to dating me was nothing like that Aquarian energy. And I actually met his mum. <laughs> The first time I met his mum, I asked about him being born. She was like, "Yeah, we were in Paris, and it was like I can't remember what time it was, and whatever, o'clock in the afternoon." And I was like, on my phone, I was like, and <laughs> <laughs> got back, looked at his chart, and he's a Taurus moon, and he's also he's also a Leo rising, and I'm a Leo rising, and I was like, this is why we make sense. I was like. He's got that, he's got the Taurus, like, energy um, inside himself. And obviously we, people perceive us in similar ways. So it all made sense. So that, um, that's the story of it, Um, you know, working out for the best and yeah. helping you on in the relationship. Sometimes yeah. they give you the good answers.
2: Yeah, oh exactly. And even that's just... the sweetest. Go ahead, go
0: ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just saying that's the yeah. sweetest. I'm like, no,
2: <laughs> It's, well, I think it's also, you know, there's... uh certain at least it's very helpful to kind of maybe understand why somebody acts the way they do or you Mm. know if somebody's really needy or somebody's really emotional and you're dating them and you see they're a pisces cancer moon and you're like oh okay you know and Mm -hmm. it just helps to make sense
0: of things but it helps yeah Mm completely totally Mm oh i love that so what do we
1: so what do we think overall hot or not
0: I have like, I think it's really hot. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, it's, I think it's really A re- hot.
1: A resounding hot.
0: Great. I'm super guilty of it. So yeah, no, I love it. It's it. hilarious. Good question. <laughs> yes. Well, I love that way to start this episode because we are going to, we're going to start kind of with um, more of like, I don't like the word the basics, but like the foundation. So I have always loved astrology, and I think it was the first form of um, spirituality I really got into, um, and I, I really remember reading Seventeen magazine when I was younger, and Cosmopolitan, which is, these are not magazines I'm reading anymore, right. but um, I would always skip to the astrology section in the back, and I was like, oh, I'm a Gemini, and, like, right away, I was like, oh, apparently I'm crazy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I would just like read these things and I was so interested in it um and so I wanted to know um for people who maybe weren't as inclined to looking at the back of magazines for their astrology sign like how can we explain what astrology is to someone who's just like I've heard of it but I really don't actually know what that is right right
2: totally yeah that's a good question because I because I meet people all the time that are like you're an astrologer what like you you Look at stars with the telescope or something, and I'm sort of, but so astrology is so many things. It's, I mean, the bulk of what most people are using astrology for is based on it's a snapshot. And by the way, again, I work with Western astrology, there's also Vedic astrology, which I hold in such high regard and I've studied it very deeply, but I just chose the Western route. So that's where we use a tropical chart, which is kind of like a snapshot of where all the planets were up in the sky when you were born, what zodiac signs they were beaming through when you took your first breath of air. And, you know, like I said, of course, most people know their sun sign, you know, but then where the moon was when you were born, where Venus was when you were born, where what was on the horizon when you were born, all sorts of things like that. And that is like a blueprint into what my favorite teacher calls your permanent planetary resonance imprint. It's like what you're imprinted with from birth. Mm-hmm. And it's what makes us who we are. And that's a huge, I mean, that's the bulk of what astrology is. But there's also using astrology for, say, as a collective, you know, okay, so right now, the. <laughs> The sun is going through the sign of Leo, which is like such a vibrant time of year. It's that Leo is the fixed fire sign where it's the weather is hot. I mean, in most parts of the world. Um, but it, there's also we've got Mars going through Virgo and Virgo. Mm. Actually, I mean, if I'm going to get into the medical stuff here, Virgo rules the intestines and Mars makes things heat, uh, brings heat and aggressive and frustration. A lot of people were having like all kinds of weird intestinal problems while Mars is going through Virgo. Or then we could even go into, like, financial stuff, like Jupiter going through the sign of Taurus. Taurus is very strongly associated with money, material possessions, values, like buying things, um, anything that has to do with, the like, a a transaction between, like, some sort of a purchase is very much associated with the sign of Taurus. And with Jupiter going through Taurus, there's clearly something going to be going on with with finances, you know, and I could go really deep into this, but I, I don't want to go too, uh, too long with this one question. But that's and then going back to the, you know, working on a farm and working with moon cycles and knowing that when the moon is getting bigger, things are getting bigger. When the moon is getting smaller, there's more of a, an energy of release. And so, I mean, it could go on and on and on and on. But that's does that answer the question? Like what astrology oh. is?
0: -hmm. I think that does and more. I when you were like intestinal issues, oh my guys! I mean, wounded healers out there, you freaking know. But I've been like running to the bathroom the past couple weeks, and I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. But also feeling that like gut intuition, Mm intuition of like I'm nervous, like running to the Mm -hmm. bathroom, you know? Yeah, um And I just think that's amazing. Like Amy, did you know that like? Different signs are associated with different parts of the body.
1: No, I had no idea. Oh, I didn't. No, yeah, I didn't
0: know until I uh, did this class with Erin, with other people in it, and she had mentioned different like uh, body parts that the signs have that they rule over. And Erin, mm-hmm. is it correct? I think Gemini is hands. Was that right? Or- hands,
2: lungs, arms, except for the elbows. The elbows are ruled by the sign mm-hmm. of Cancer, but that I actually. I have my Jupiter in Gemini, but to make that long story short here, because I'm a Sagittarius rising, so Jupiter is what we call the captain of my ship, and since my Jupiter Mm. is Gemini in Gemini, I'm actually very Geminian, and I talk Mm. with my hands a Mm. lot. Like, I I can't stop. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so a lot of Gemini people will end up talking with their hands, or they'll end up with like lung conditions of sorts. Gemini also has a huge impact on the on the nervous system. So, yes.
0: Wow. So cool. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I love that. And, like, so this seems to me like, you know, I feel like this – the stars have been around as long as i've known so so i'm sure astrology has been around for a, a long time like is this a system that i know you said there's like ayurvedic as well and i know that dates back very far but like what is like a a guesstimation of like how long has have these systems been being used for
2: as far as i'm concerned since the beginning of time Uh, I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. if you think about it before people were, I mean, I could go into, I mean, there's Mayan astrology, which is so ancient. If we just look at ancient cave carvings and that sort of thing, so much of it is based on sun worship and, you know, that sort of thing. The Egyptians Mm -hmm. um, and the archetypes, all the, okay. For example, in Egyptian mythology, uh, Thoth or sometimes pronounced Toth, is mercury that's it's Whoa. that's Mercury, and even in in uh, Greek mythology, Hermes is also Mercury. Like each ancient mm-hmm. civilization had this uh, their mm-hmm. archetype that was connected to a certain uh, celestial body. Um, and so, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's been around since the beginning of time. I mean, there's Sumerian wow. astrology. There's I mean, it just goes so deep. Um, I'd say that. It's almost to the point where I don't know. I, I don't understand how people cannot believe in astrology. Mm. I mean, it's the most ancient science on earth. I, I
1: I think this all the time. I'm like, how this ancient wisdom that's been passed down and practiced for maybe not millennia, but definitely centuries. How can you how could how can you not think mm-hmm. how can you not believe in it but you believe in like something they made up like two weeks ago yep. <laughs> and they're like oh well definitely, definitely. then
2: <laughs> <laughs> and not only that but medical astrology was that was just the norm like the renaissance times it a doctor any kind of do- doctor or physician absolutely had to have training in astrology to to practice
1: medicine. It was really like science, wasn't it? It was like, it was so heavily linked with science and like the first scientists, it was like their bread and butter, wasn't it, yeah.
2: Exactly, and it was actually, in some locations, it was early as the 1600s, but in some locations, they used medical astrology all the way up until the 1800s. And of course, Mm. there's some lingering ones that continued to kind of do it underground. Astrology became illegal illegal what? to practice yes and it was only I think it was in the seven maybe yeah I think it was in the 70s that they finally allowed for it to be you know a, a legal thing that you can do yeah yeah some oh my of my gosh. teachers talk about how they would all be uh, in San Francisco they would all go meet in like underground buildings to study astrology together isn't that crazy no. <laughs> I know I know that that's very suspicious to me
0: it is to me as well. Mm. Yep. I I think that in my own opinion, I think a lot of things that help you to reveal yourself um, will lead you to your own power and kind of take mm. the veil off things that are not really true. And yeah. I think that's scary for larger people who rely on people having the veil over themselves and not yep. knowing much about themselves yeah, well said. Yeah. they don't they
1: don't want us to have the answers anyway this is t- yeah. this is turning into Sorry, like a I'm conspiracy like, we
2: have <laughs> to go <laughs> there. Well, yeah, i could go
1: I'm- deeper i could
2: go yeah. deeper. i really can so yeah uh, anyway. but
0: i think that's like there's so much that like for me i i think this is something maybe other listeners will be able to relate to but i keep thinking i understand astrology i'm like i know my i'm a gemini and then i learn about charts and then i learn about like the body parts and I'm like I don't know and I think that might be kind of a disconnect in our modern world where some folks are like oh, I know about astrology but like they don't understand there's so much depth and so many layers and like that make up a person so
2: totally it's really fascinating totally. really. but that's the thing though is they it's to understand just the basics just the basics is you know it's you're opening up doors into other ways of seeing things like i was talking i mean if i see somebody just old, not too long ago i saw a, a man having a really like a serious mm-hmm. tantrum in a store and you know clearly he was not okay but i was thinking to myself like oh okay so like his mars is in scorpio like i'm just making <laughs> sense of it astrologically <laughs> and and how he was handling that situation um but yeah anyway get inside track
0: No, no, I love that. Wow. Well, Amy, Amy and I were both saying, uh, like, right before you hopped on, like, we can't wait to hear more about what got you into astrology. And I know you shared about, like, the farming, but, like, what was your first, like, taste of like what astrology was like did that come like when you were younger or was it around that time as well uh, when i was younger just like you you know uh, back in high school you know
2: the newspapers and the magazines was the first thing i would do and then you know i would read about i'm a pisces i would read about the sign of pisces and i was like well yeah that definitely fits the bill and then later on it wasn't really until i was in my 30s that and i'm 45 now but in my 30s that's when i started going like wait a minute here there's something called a rising sign like what the heck is this i gotta understand this and then i'm sagittarius rising i was like wait a minute here this makes way too much sense and uh, like putting all the puzzle pieces together and just kind of self-taught and then I guess it was right around. I loved working on a farm. I miss working. So I still love, you know, having a garden. Um, But when that just was not, I guess it just fell out of my life a little bit. And I knew I needed to do something. And that's when I was like, I should just do My My partner started calling me um, an astrologer long before I was an astrologer. Because he was just like this. You just have a knack for this. You're able, you know, we're in a grocery store. And I will ask the person of the register, you're a Libra, aren't you? Like, how did you know that? And so it was just something I realized I'm not good at most things in life. I can assure you of that. <laughs> but for whatever reason, <laughs> astrology, I was good at. And so it was, I think I was 36 when I first went into my, the, the first actual academy to wow. learn this professionally. Wow.
1: Yeah, oh, I love that as a, as a, an example of like finding your gifts or finding your calling Mm -hmm. within your like your mid-30s I feel like we're told like oh you got to be knowing what you're doing and like once you're on your track you don't want to think about starting again or anything so I love that I love that you really found it in your mid-30s yeah me too do you think do you think you have to be somewhat like intuitive to be an astrologer or do you think it anyone can learn it and it's like a it's just like a practice and a
2: that's a really good question i think being intuitive is a is a really um it's a gift that comes Mm. with being you know but that does not mean that all astrologers are tapped into some sort of Mm. intuition that's you know stronger than other people's because astrology can also just be simply mathematical and simply scientific absolutely and that's another thing, too, is that I, I, I am an intuitive person, but I like the combination of both, like taking the, mm-hmm. you know, the scientific part and all the mathematical equations that go with it and all the aspects that go with it, um, but then using the intuition as well. Yeah. But I definitely think that um, it's, it's definitely helpful to have an intuition. But moreover, some people, and I can usually tell by somebody's chart, like this person is going to get it. Like this person is going to understand, you know, what I'm telling them. They're going to understand how this is functioning for them. And some people it's, you know, it just, it's not just doesn't. even though they want the astrology reading, they're like, I don't want to understand the mechanics of it. Just, just tell yeah. me about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just not for everybody to, to really process it. But I do think, I really do think I say with confidence I wish this stuff was taught in high schools, you know, mm-hmm. I wish, I mean, in even elementary schools, I wish that kids were learning this stuff from day one um, mm-hmm. because it's, it's so massively beneficial. And I don't think there's any people out there that just wouldn't be able to get any of it, you know?
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Wow. Now I love that. The, I think the intuitive aspect. I think you definitely have it, Aaron and I feel that at least you know hearing that it can be mathematical I think it just means that you're right it's applicable for everyone and that each astrologer can speak specifically to you know certain people and their signs and what they need and like you definitely are serving you know people who are, are in need of that intuitive like person in their life Um. Mm-hmm. so yeah I really enjoyed that answer I was like it's just mm-hmm. nice to hear that the, the spectrum is there and that it's all mm-hmm. all still valuable mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Uh, well I wanted to ask since we were just talking about um, like sun signs earlier um, and we brought up moon signs and risings but is there anything we can do to explain to our listeners who maybe have heard like moon sign before but they're not quite sure what that's referring to mm-hmm. um, and their rising sign as well
2: Yeah. Yeah. The sun, the moon, and the rising are the three most significant parts of the chart that make us who we are as individuals. Once we get past um, those three points, once we start talking about Mercury and Venus and Mars and Jupiter, those things move slower. So it's like you could be born within the same month of somebody and have the same Mercury, Venus, blah, blah, blah. But the rising sign is something that changes every approximately two and a half hours. You could be born on the exact same day as somebody uh, in the same location, but three hours apart from each other and have extremely different personalities. Um, because that, that rising sign is what is it's a huge part of our, our persona, our outward expression. Sometimes it's referred to as the lens that we see the world through Mm -hmm. um, and what other people see us as. And that rising sign, again, that's something that changes every approximately two and a half hours. Um, The moon sign, the moon changes zodiac signs approximately two and a half days. And that, the moon, I refer to her as she, because it's a very Mm -hmm. feminine energy that we get from the moon. She is the mother of the heavens that's our emotions like whatever zodiac sign somebody's moon is in is going to say a lot about how they process their emotions and their level of receptiveness like all those qualities that we kind of you know don't mean to be stereotypical but kind of relate to motherly type of energy we all have a moon somewhere in our natal chart and if somebody's born say with their moon in leo leo's like kind of a dramatic energy they might have dramatic emotions, you know, or if somebody's born with their moon in Pisces, Pisces is a very emotional energy. They might have very strong emotions, that sort of thing. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, it Thank totally you. does. Yeah. I love that. I actually, Amy, should we ask Aaron about your, your, uh, yeah. Do you about want to ask that? about it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, funny, another funny thing. Um, So yeah, as I said earlier, I'm Taurus Sun, Taurus Moon, Leo rising. Janessa's husband is exactly the same. And that's, I've never in my life met someone with the exact same three. Um, And we were wondering, do you think that's why Janessa was like attracted, not in the word of, (laughs) not in in a sexual way, but like why she was like wanted to, you know, have both of us in her life. Do you think there's something about that formula for her that works.
2: I do. I do. (laughs) do, Definitely. Uh, Again, there's so much more to that, but it's, you know, okay, let's come up with this example. I actually have a very good friend who's also an astrologer um, who's, I'm a Pisces sun, Sagittarius rising with a Cancer moon. She's got very, very, she's a Pisces Sagittarius rising with her moon in Gemini, a little bit different, but we also have other stuff that's, you know, common in our chart. And we just vibe together. Like we just mm. get each other, you know, and it's, it's mm-hmm. almost like sometimes looking in a mirror. Um, but then also, okay, here's another example. Somebody, do you know where your Venus is, Janessa?
0: Not off the top of my head. Okay. No, I could probably pull it up though in a bit. Okay. Get it well, up.
2: Because mm-hmm. that might say something about it too. And there, again, it could be your Juno. It could be your Mars. There's so many things that could be about this, but. Let's say your Venus is in mm-hmm. the sign of Taurus. Then mm-hmm. your Venus rules what we're attracted to. And oh. so much more. So she, it's like you might be just attracted to, you might, if your Venus is in Taurus, you might be kind of attracted to that. Or it could be your Juno in Taurus. Is, Juno is a little we'll go too deep if I start talking about asteroids but Juno has (laughs) has an influence on what we're attracted to as well
1: wow and it's so funny you saying that as well because the four of us um, went on a road trip to Yosemite and Janessa and Edwab were like chat, 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 chat about like the most obscure, like they were like non-stop. And me and Zach just like didn't say a word
0: the whole journey. And we were
1: just like staring out the window. And we were like, that's so funny. It's just, It was just so stark, like yeah, yeah. that me and Zach had the, the exact same kind of traits. That's and Janessa so you know, and Edward were similar, yeah. That funny. is
2: really funny. You know, another thing too is that I just, I want to make sure this is known too. This is a very, very simple way of being able to tell if you're going to like harmonize with somebody vibrationally, um, mm. if you're, if your sun is in an earth sign, then you might really just kind of um, again like sort of vibrationally work well with your uh, the um, somebody else is another earth sign. Like if you're a Virgo, mm. you might just naturally kind of get along with a Taurus. Mm or a Capricorn, the other two earth signs. Um, there's actually a book, oh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but there's a book that talks about how you should, which I don't, I'm not on board with this, but they, they, basically this astrologer <laughs> was saying that you should only marry somebody whose son is in the same element as yours. Mm. If you're, in, if you're Gemini, you might just mm-hmm. be naturally kind of drawn towards um, Aquarius or Libra the mm-hmm. other two air signs, that sort of thing. And there's, mm. uh, so it's not necessarily just exactly, uh, gosh, there's, if, if somebody's a, a two degree Taurus, there's 30 degrees in each zodiac sign. If somebody's a two degree Taurus, meaning they're born early in the Taurus season versus a 28 degree Taurus being mm. born way late in the Taurus season, they're going to be very different. They're, even if yes. everything else was the same in their chart, they're they're going to be different. Tell
0: yeah, me. my husband is May twentieth, so I know that's kind of getting towards the cusp of Gemini, uh-huh. yeah. and um it's really interesting because him and Amy are very similar. Like that car ride was so funny <laughs> to me because Edward and I were just riffing, we we're just like going, and we're like, "What do you think about this?" And that's no, what like, I was like having existential
1: conversations. Yeah. I was like, "Where the hell are they getting this from next?" <laughs>
0: Yeah, and Zach and Amy are just chill, and it just made me. And I remember we stopped at, like a Starbucks. And I was like, Zach, are you okay? Are you happy? Because I'm just a, I'm a I'm a talker. I'm a yeah. Gemini. I love Gemini. to communicate. And he's just like, I'm having a great time. He's like, Amy is too. We're just chilling. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, good. Yeah. I'm like cute. I'm glad. Like yeah. So, no. for you guys. I love Yeah. Really oh, so, so that was something we were like, Whoa. Oh, and we found out uh, that about their charts while Amy and I were t- getting our photos taken for our new, like, photo cover of the podcast. Oh, fun. And it just came up, and I was like, you're a, what? Wait, what? <laughs> it <laughs> makes <laughs> so much sense. Totally. Oh, I love um, that. Um, I'm looking here at some questions that we we have, and I have this question, because this is also just kind of selfishly for me as well. But, like, I so I know when we did the astrology reading um, on a birth chart, there's different houses mm-hmm. and I believe there's 12 different houses mm-hmm. for the 12 different months. Mm-hmm. Could you, I think it would be so beneficial for everyone to know what each house kind of its specialty is, mm-hmm. or um, I don't know if I have the right word for that, but for those of you, you know, I know they can't see me, but I just did like in a little Italian hand, like <laughs> the specialty <laughs> of each house. Um. Yeah. 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 So the houses,
2: um, You know, a a natal chart looks like a pie, pie, and it's cut Mm. into you know pieces. There's 12 slices of pie in a natal chart, and it's not really necessarily associated with the months, but however, it they are associated with each zodiac sign. So, the first house is it—that's the house of self. The first house is actually what is somebody's, um, their rising sign, their persona, that lens, Mm -hmm. that's always going to come through the first house, because it's the house of self. Okay, and that first house is associated with the sign of Aries. Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac, Mm -hmm. and it's the sign of self. Okay, so we can take Gemini is the third sign of the Zodiac, so it's associated with the third house okay Mm -hmm. the third house Mm -hmm. is the house of communication okay like gemini Mm. is a sign of communication the third house is the house of communication Mm, so but see somebody could be a gemini okay but their son could fall in any of those 12 houses if they're a gemini and their son comes through the ninth house that's the house of higher learning the house of expanding the consciousness, or they could be a Gemini whose son is in the 12th house, the house of karma. And basically what that mm-hmm. means is, it's like that's an area of their life where they're going to thrive. You're, you're still a Gemini, but if your son is in the 12th house, it's like you thrive through this life, through spiritual um, spiritual debt, really. Like, It's like a lot of people mm-hmm. have their son in their 12th house are very strongly connected to some kind of spiritual practice and even often kind of have weird memories of previous lifetimes and that sort of thing um, mm. so do I can go you want me to just kind of quickly go through each each house? yeah if, okay. if you don't
0: mind yeah. sure
2: of course so the first house is, is again the house of self everybody's rising sign comes through that first house because that is their self even though their sun is in whatever zodiac mm. sign the rising sign is so strongly associated with the self okay so the second house is the house of money house of material possessions it's just like the sign of taurus is the second sign of the zodiac and the sign of taurus is you know it's grounded it's stable but it's also strongly associated Mm. with money it's very associated with like working hard to obtain your own material possessions that's the Mm -hmm. second house can also kind of be associated with food as well (laughs) the third house Mm -hmm. is the house again of of it's Gemini's house. Basically it's the house of communication and can also be, um, some interesting energies come out of that third house. It can have a lot to do with siblings. A lot of times people when they have their son Mm -hmm. in the third house. They end up having some sort of like their siblings are just really important to them in their life. Um, also really strangely, it's this third house can also manifest as taking, having like, somewhat of a job or something that requires you to make all these short little travels. Like, I got to go Mm. here three times. I got to go three down, three miles down the road, but like seven times a day The third house can sometimes manifest that sort of energy. Um, a lot of people have their son in the third house can be writers, journalists, authors, anything that involves some form of communication. Mm. The fourth house is the house of home property and real estate. So if somebody's son is in that fourth house, doesn't matter what zodiac sign it is in. You know, say they're in Aquarius. Aquarius is the one that's against status quo and it's, you know, kind of a rebellious energy. And uh, But if their son is in the fourth house as an Aquarius, there's still something that's drawing them to home or pro- like they might be connected to their mm-hmm. childhood home or they might be somebody who really wants to... Um, own their own property or be a realtor or something like that uh the Mm. fifth house this is what i like to call the house of fun the fifth house is basically (laughs) leo's house okay um leo being the fifth sign of the zodiac but the fifth house can have a lot to do it's like life's pleasures that's usually the fifth house is referred to as the house of children and creativity Mm. but it, it can when i say children it's because when we make children, we're procreating, we're creating something and bringing it into the world. And not only that, but there's also the pleasure of sex that comes through that fifth house, procreating children and enjoying it and, you know, being fun. Fifth house can also have a lot to do with being an entrepreneur. A lot of people who've got a busy fifth house, they're, they're very driven to create something for the world. The um, mm-hmm. sixth house, this is the house of physical health and being of service. So if your son is in the sixth house, that might be a thing for you. A lot of times people have their son in the sixth house will have to deal with things like autoimmune diseases. Um, it's in ancient astrology, that sixth house is more connected to ill health, um, wow. but not in these days, everything modern is more like, well, that makes it sound bad. So I don't want to say anything about, <laughs> but yeah. it can also be, it could be about somebody who, who really wants to have good, strong physical health. Or, again, being of service. Sixth house can also have a lot to do with working any kind of a service job, whether it be a mechanic or a bartender or whatever it is. Uh, The seventh house is the house of relationships and partnerships. A lot of people who have their son in the seventh house, their partner or some, even, if it's, even if it's not a romantic partner, sometimes it can manifest as like, you guys are partners. You know, You're, mm-hmm. you have a seventh house energy between you guys. Um, but the partnerships become very significant in the seventh house. Mm-hmm. And then the eighth house, this is a house of very deep, powerful transformation. Sometimes psychic powers can manifest through the eighth house. This eighth house can have a lot to do with like the total process of a death and rebirth like as in not necessarily more like an and it can the eighth house can have a lot to do with someone's death for sure but it's usually more like an energetic death like this is something Mm. i have to let go of this you know part of my life and create a more powerful rebirth that's eighth house energy ninth house so this is a house of higher learning long distance travel ninth house can have a lot to do with um things like metaphysics or philosophy Mm -hmm. the 10th house is the house of career and public life status recognition a lot of people have their son in their 10th house they just are very drawn to like getting on stage that sort of thing not all of them because there are things that can counteract Mm -hmm. this stuff in the chart but for the most part that's Mm -hmm. what will happen 11th house that's the house of associates and hopes and wishes like networking with other people to kind of make the dream come true and then the 12th house, the last house, that's the house of karma, the house of spiritual debt. That in the ancient times, the 12th house was referred to as the house of secrets and sorrows. Um, and it oh. can be a sorrowful house, but oh. it usually manifests as people who are deeply mm-hmm. spiritual, even if they don't want to admit it. They're, <laughs> I've, mm-hmm. I've given readings to people before mm-hmm. that don't, they're just not naturally, they are like, it's almost like they refuse to accept strong spiritual practices into their life but you can just tell you could just tell and like you just yeah. you just told me you felt a presence
1: <laughs> i think that's something spiritual <laughs> you know but anyway
0: there's that uh, thank wow.
1: you for going through that it's so good to hear someone just actually verbally talk about it i've never had my chart read but i've oh, do have i have my chart like you know have you heard of sanctuary the app i imagine you have Mm -mm. um oh no maybe it's it might it might be a uk thing Uh um but it's they do your chart for you and then they like do a daily horoscope um but i have my chart and they go through it like a little bit but you know when it's just words on a page you're (laughs) like and i don't but just having someone verbally explain that is so helpful so thank you so our listeners can like have you have your voice as a reference when they're going through their own charts and trying to figure it out
0: yeah. Well, thank you I've been yeah. trying
1: to do that so thanks for going through that oh, of
2: course I'm going to have to do your chart now I'm <laughs> oh I i was gonna. I'm already oh girl I'm already like I'm
1: going to hit you up on Instagram as soon as we stop this recording
0: <laughs> yes that was great that's amazing well, I, I love that and I, I think that another thing that kind of was coming out of understanding these houses a little bit more as like where our gifts may lie like our natural like you were saying the imprint Aaron like when Mm -hmm. we come into this world what we're imprinted with and I think that something I want to say is I think your gifts from what I'm hearing are definitely going to be visible in the chart um but I think it's amazing to hear about all these different houses because it's a reminder that in a society where sometimes we only value particular gifts throughout charts or how they present themselves societally, Mm -hmm. then not everyone has those exact gifts. And that's actually a really beautiful thing that, you know, someone has their, their gift in being connected to their siblings. Someone has their gift in like spirituality. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, knowing these aspects of the houses can help us appreciate other people's gifts and where they lie and to not feel like people are lacking if their gift isn't in a particular way of being represented societally so I love that I love hearing that and so I wanted to also ask like where so does this like mean the house um the house that their Sun sign is, is that particularly like associated with more of kind of like what they may gravitate to um, in terms of feeling like fulfilled through work? Or would that be like a different house?
2: uh, Well, there's the houses will definitely have a lot to do with that. There are other things. There's, I mean, without Mm -hmm. having a chart to pull up and show you guys all the details of this stuff, it's a little difficult to Mm -hmm. really pinpoint where I'm going with this, but they're, like I mentioned, that tenth house, that house of career, mm-hmm. like a lot yeah. of people have their son in the tenth house. They just are naturally drawn to having some kind of status in the world, whether they're like they're running their own business, or you know they're the boss of a business, or they're a famous musician, or whatever. They just tend to kind of, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, kind of be on top. You know, like the boss person. Yeah. Now, when somebody is born, say they don't have anything in the 10th house, but they've got a bunch of stuff in the sixth house. Again, that's the house of physical health and being of service. A lot of times those people, their gift is to be of service. They, they, some of them will be like they want the career, they want the status, they want the recognition, but it's karmically, my opinion it, that's not where they're gonna thrive they're gonna thrive mm-hmm. through being of service um, and you know there's certain we go through progressions we go through transits we go through all sorts of things that give us opportunities like that same person when they're you know say 40 years old all of a sudden there they have a thing that hits in their chart that they have a career peak and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they get that they get that recognition um, but wow. then As far as like the real true gifts, it's, it's really, it's, it's easy for me (laughs) to be able to see when somebody is just naturally going to be good at something. Some people, Mm. this is a good show to mention this on some people I can see like, yes, you are born with a gift to be a healer. No doubt. Mm. But for some of those people, I would also have to add, you need to keep yourself very protected. because you have thin boundaries you know that sort of thing so sometimes the gifts can almost be you know you just got to be careful with them
0: sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah does that answer the question totally yeah and that last thing really hit hard because I was like I have always felt drawn to helping people through healing but I have our last episode actually was on like boundaries and like overwhelm. And I, you know, our listeners know, like I'm a recovering people pleaser, I call it. And that boundary is very thin for me. So while Mm -hmm. I do want to help people, I I really have to tap into um, grounding myself again before I can like re-give or get back to myself.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And there really just is so, so, so much more to this. It just as an example here, going back up to that that 10th house, just because I already talked about it, that Mm -hmm. house of career. You could have, this is probably going to be a little too much information for some of the listeners, um, but just for some people who do get it, they're like, oh, that's cool. Um, Every single house in your natal chart is going to be ruled or governed by a zodiac sign. So you -hmm. could have this, going back up to this 10th house, you could have no planets in your 10th house. You could have mm-hmm. um, you know, absolutely no planets in your 10th house, but it still has to be ruled by a zodiac sign. It has to be. That's just the way the chart mm-hmm. works. So let's say you have Leo ruling your 10th house. Again, even though you don't have any planets in Leo, Leo's ruling your 10th house. Well, and again, this is probably gonna go way over some people's heads, but the sign of Leo mm-hmm. is ruled by the sun, okay? so the sign of leo mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons leo is so vibrant and it's the courageous it's the sign of royalty that sort of thing because it's ruled by the brightest light in the sky it's ruled by the sun so the sun rules leo and if somebody has leo ruling their 10th house what we do is okay well where's the sun in their natal chart mm-hmm. and if their sun, say is in back to the third house in the house of communication then they their career even though they've got an empty 10th house Their career very well could be associated with writing a book or, you know, being a journalist, something along those lines. So you can see so, so deeply into the gifts. Like, as I mentioned, I love helping young people figure out what to do with their Mm. life, like what, you know, what their gifts are going to be in. That's, That's so. Because for a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people have Pisces rule in their 10th house because Pisces is this like sign of has a hard time making decisions for itself. It's not to say that people are, I'm a Pisces. I've learned how to make decisions for myself, (laughs) but it's just kind of like this, like wishy-washy energy. That's kind of always just a little bit daydreamy. Um, When they've got Pisces ruling their 10th house, those people really can struggle finding a career that works for them or any kind of work that works for them. So yeah, it's, it, there's so, so, so much information that the chart provides to show where somebody's gifts are going to be. And also like if somebody's saying, I really want to, I really want to do this. This is, I, I really want to, I want to run a marathon or, I, you know, I want to be a track mm-hmm. star or something like that. You can also see, okay, you might be good at that, but there's, it's, might be a little bit dangerous for you. It might be, mm-hmm. you know. I understand why you're feeling called for it, but just to give you a heads up, you're gonna have to be very careful with your body. Don't
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so, ever yeah. push yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Because
1: nice. we had that. another, we did have another question on have how can we use astrology and our charts for healing guidance i think that's a great example of that um but yeah do you have any other tips or tricks on how people can use their chart for yeah. healing and supporting themselves even like comforting themselves and mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah i mean honestly there it's like even without uh, knowing your entire natal chart there's things you can work with and and this is a super basic one anybody who follows me on any you know platform they know this is the focus of my work at least the information i really like sharing with people is how to work with moon cycles you know when the moon is we have a new moon like it's a dark moon okay over the next approximately 14 and a half days the moon is going to wax wax means getting bigger and bigger and then Mm. then we'll have a full moon so through that phase of the moon growing Generally speaking, and for those who are a little more advanced, we can also apply this information directly to your chart and say, this is actually specifically when you should follow this order. But as a really good general rule of thumb that's mm. going to work for most people is as that moon is waxing, getting bigger, that's a better time to be nourishing your body, to be giving mm. yourself you know, the right kind of nutrients and that sort of thing as soon as that moon begins to wane meaning mean getting smaller so we have a full moon and then over the next 14 and a half days the moon's going to get smaller 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 and that's a really good time to be letting things go like not just mm-hmm. energetically i mean that's definitely an ideal time to be letting things go energetically but even you know i would imagine some of your audiences has to be very particular about you know Um, what they're putting in their body and, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure that they're getting rid of things on a regular basis and detoxifying. That's the best time to detoxify, Mm. especially like the night before uh, a new moon, like as, as the moon's getting smaller, smaller, smaller waxing. And that night before the new moon, sometimes I'll even just do like a 12 hour water fast to, you know, because that's what's going on up in the sky anyway. So that's a super, you know, basic. And then you could get real particular and figure out what zodiac sign the moon is in and understand that those are parts of our body. Okay, just another example. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, Virgo rules the intestines, also rules the liver. Well, as the moon up in the sky is Transiting through the sign of Virgo, which she'll do it every she goes through every single zodiac sign every single month because she changes signs, oh. but approximately every two and a half days. So, when the moon's transiting through the sign of Virgo, that's a time where we should be extra sensitive towards our intestines mm. and don't be, you know, drinking a bunch of booze and putting that in your, you know, to hit your liver mm, when the moon's okay. transiting through the sign of Virgo. Um, oh. when the moon is a full moon in Taurus is like the best time to have like a good meal. Taurus rules, the taste buds. Um, the, I, I love moon in Taurus for like enjoying a good, strong, nutritious, you know, filling meal. That's my favorite time for that. But yeah, and there's all sorts of little things that we can
1: yeah. So cool. I just want to take your brain and put it in my head <laughs> so that I can have it. Thank you. That's
2: adorable. That's adorable. Uh, um, and you know what? One more thing on that note. Mm-hmm. Again, for people who are a little more advanced, you can also mm-hmm. take your chart and see where the moon was when you were born in comparison to where the sun was when you were born. There's going to be something called an angle between your sun. And your moon, and that's—you can also take that and apply that directly into your own life. As soon as the sun and the moon are mm. at the same distance in the sky that they were when you were born, that's a time when you can start a new protocol. That's when your body will naturally wow. be like, okay. It's also a good time for for making babies.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> noted <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow oh man awesome. i was i was wondering real quick i know this could be a whole can of worms that might be opening but i feel like i've heard the term like dark night of the soul a lot and i wanted to know like what does that refer to in astrology like what like or like shadow work. Like I've heard oh. that a lot in astrology too. And I wanted to just briefly touch on that. Cause I've had a few people be like, what does this mean? And I'm like, I don't know. Well, so, the, yeah.
2: um, I mean, that's not necessarily a route that I'm totally familiar with, but as far as shadow work goes, yeah. that's the other thing you can just see it in people's chart where some people, some people are not going to want to have to go through shadow work, but they're going to have mm-hmm. to, especially those eighth house sun people um like when their son is in that eighth house that house of deep powerful transformation especially if it's something's triggering their eighth house up in the sky that's usually a mm-hmm. time where they're gonna have to go through some they're gonna have to face the darkness they're gonna have to you mm-hmm. know that eighth house kind of represents when the veil between worlds is thinnest. that eighth house can, even the sign of scorpio can have a lot to do with mm-hmm. you know there's a reason why halloween in Scorpio season. You know, that's the time when it it represents when the sun is going under Earth and we're going into that like sh- kind of shadowy type of energy. And what astrologers might want to call the Plutonian energy, that's Pluto, Pluto. If you're having a strong Pluto transit, if there's anybody out there, if your sun is between like 28 degrees Capricorn and two degrees Aquarius, you've got to- a <laughs> serious like Pluto transit going on for like the next three years. That that is the wow. ultimate time for shadow work because Pluto's the ruler of the underworld. Pluto is Hades mm. in Greek mythology, the one who oh. is like kidnapping Persephone and taking her into the darkness of the underworld. Uh-huh. And Persephone's exposed to the to all the scary, you know, the snakes and the you know creepy animals uh-huh. that sort of thing. But then I know there's a couple different versions of the story, but the point is she eventually comes out from underneath Mm. the underworld and realizes how much beauty there is here on earth and is so much more. She's empowered by that experience. Mm. And so that, you know, that's definitely something else we can really see in the natal chart and transits and progressions. Like when that shadow... Some people might feel like they're going crazy. Like some people legit might be like my psyche, like what the hell is going on? And then you can pull up the chart and the transits and progressions and go, Oh no, it's just, this is the thing you're going through. And, mm-hmm. but it, you should go through it. You should face that shadow energy. You should really work through it. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're not experiencing any kind of transit that would trigger that sort of thing, then there's some questions to be raised, you know? Mm -hmm. definitely
0: no i i love that because i think that in a way in my mind resonates with the wound and the wounded healers (laughs) like i believe a lot of our listeners have had to really face their shadow self in their healing journeys and those who are still going through it and are listening right now i think it's really beautiful to hear that you know you meet your future self on the other side of that um and to not you know um kind of in a way, surrender to that that shadow work and be intentional still, but but know that you will get through, and that's yeah. the healer part. I feel of like that brings us all together, you know. Yeah. So totally, no, I yeah. love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. 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 Anyway,
2: one more thing for your audience. I should have mm-hmm. mentioned this earlier because it does apply to me becoming an astrologer. But there was a certain mm-hmm. point. Oh boy, I don't know. Maybe ten. Years ago, at this point, I haven't even thought about it in a while. But I, I I've struggled severely with autoimmune stuff. Um, I don't oh, know if, if have, did, did you ever. I don't know if I, I ever read. Oh that. yeah, wow. Back in two thousand, I guess it started around two thousand thirteen. I had mm-hmm. a severe candida overgrowth. I'm talking like gnarly to the point where it actually surfaced on my face. And I'm, I'm not oh. exaggerating at all. It looked like I had, like, cantaloupes growing out each side of my face. It was oh. so – it was really – my kidneys were giving out. And I didn't <laughs> – I'm somebody who I, – I just – I didn't know how to eat healthy. I didn't know how to take care of myself, you know. I just didn't know any better. I was somebody who yeah. – could kind of eat what I wanted and never had to deal with, you know, putting on too much weight or anything. So I was just like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so I had to go through that. And that was such a deep, incredible, powerful spiritual experience. I mean, it it went on for like two years trying to heal. Doctors were making it way worse. Every doctor I went to, they were giving me some sort of weird pill for it and it just made it worse. Um, but that's in part like having to like go through that shadow work and I mean I was I'm not exaggerating at all I thought there was times where I really thought I was going to die I wasn't going to make it through this thing and Uh. that's a huge part in where astrology became so so empowering in my life because I was like it kept my brain stipulated to learn this stuff and then be able to see what the hell is going on in my chart like whoa this is crazy, it was a heavy, heavy transit. And it was also a major thing that was going on with Pluto, like showing me Mm -hmm. the dark, scary stuff and, and getting through that experience, I wouldn't change it for the world. I literally would Mm -hmm. not change anything because it it just made me a way stronger, smarter person, you know, going through Mm -hmm. that
0: experience wow um, oh my goodness wow. and
1: yeah it kind of awakened you to be able to talk to mm-hmm. us and to spread your message mm-hmm. with that much more like vigor and understanding and probably empathy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For yeah.
0: Sure. yeah. and uh, i you. don't know why thank you so much for sharing there mm-hmm. and i don't know why i'm being called to say this out loud but it just popped into my head right when you were you know saying about your cheeks but it it literally just popped in my head that I needed to say out into the world that sometimes we're thrusted into shadow work and yeah. we're not eased in sometimes we are thrown in like jumping in cannibal style to a pool and other times we're dipping our toes in and that just I felt like someone needed to hear that because that sounded like you were just thrusted into that experience, which can feel like dying because it's so different from, from what we just came from. So I just, wow. Just like chills, tears. I felt it. I was like, oh my gosh.
2: uh, Yeah. And, and, you know, I, obviously I'm not going to be familiar with your audience so much, but, but if there's anybody, I always want to tell people this, like it's, It's just day by day, just taking it day Mm. by day and, and, and sharing information, you know, talking, you know, what you guys are doing here, just nobody's trying to offer any, I'm not trying to offer any medical advice anyway, but just Mm -hmm. trying to share my experience Mm -hmm. and hear about your experience. And so we can kind of, you know, make sense of things and learn more, you know,
0: totally. I love that. (laughs) <laughs> well, i feel like wow i think we talked so much about astrology and 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 like under an hour pretty much mm-hmm. i feel like i got the most out of this that i've gotten like through i've like read astrology books but this has resonated with me this oh, past no. hour like mm-hmm. so deeply okay. um Yeah, and I really appreciate you being on here, Erin, and I really cannot wait for people to hear this. I think this is of such value and of such intention to the folks who are listening, and so I can't wait to hear what what our listeners think too. I'm I'm sure there's going to be some aha moments. Well, and
2: the thing too is that any of your Mm -hmm. listeners, I will offer you a 20% Mm -hmm. discount if you schedule to my website. It's all you got to do when you schedule a reading there's a little place where you leave a note, you know, any mm-hmm. any kind of note you want to leave. But if you just put "Wounded Healers Podcast" in that note, I'll offer you 20% discount. Wow. Okay, and both of that you guys. So Janessa, you're gonna get you're gonna get a free follow up, and Amy, you're getting a complimentary 90 minute reading. We're gonna have to do this. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> yeah, both of, both like... of you 90 minute readings. Wow. Um, oh, so yeah, we'll set that up.
0: I that can't means wait. so much to me. Thank I you so wait. much. You're
2: so very yeah. welcome. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Mm-hmm. You guys are adorable. Wow. What a neat thing <laughs> you've got going on here.
0: <laughs> thank you. What's and fun? then, well, before we say goodbye for this session, where can um, where can our listeners find you on social media, Erin? I just feel like I love your videos, and oh, thank you. they're really nice to keep up with. Um, so feel free to drop your your handle. Your so, oh,
2: well. <laughs> My, um, my email, my website is just aaronwageastrology.com. And I've tried mm-hmm. to make it as simple as possible for people to schedule readings through there. Um, but then if you just want to follow my work, uh, you can find me on YouTube. And just if you look up Aaron Wage Astrology on YouTube, you'll see my channel pop right up. And then on Instagram, my handle is imaginal underscore cell. You guys want to hear real quick why that why i'm imaginal cell please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so imaginal cells that goes it has a lot to do with that story that i you know with my uh. face and everything blowing up um imaginal cells are the only cells that survive the transmutation process from a caterpillar becoming a butterfly The uh. those when a caterpillar goes into the cocoon Every single cell. I mean, it literally just becomes mush inside the cocoon, except for these few little cells that are called imaginal cells, and they're the only ones that, that they're like, "Come on, guys! They make new ones grow," and that oh. they're what transform a caterpillar into a butterfly. And that you know, that's what I felt like going through my my healing journey. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> I know.
1: yeah, so, so many imaginal- people. In- yeah sorry so many people on um my instagram is rheumatoid girls and it's, so many people use butterflies as like a symbol for mm-hmm. the kind of journey that they've all been through That's so funny in terms of chronic illness so yeah i love that
2: <laughs> okay well yeah that'd be wonderful to to you know just let me know even if, if, if you find me on instagram or whatever just leave a little note and you know i'll give you a little follow back Cute. okay Aww.
0: Thank you. Thank yeah. you so thank much you for and your time course, course, and your yeah. wisdom.
1: Wow! Um, and
0: wounded healers, thank you for being here. And um, we're looking forward to being back here in two weeks. Until then,
1: remember to let the light in. <laughs> bye. Bye.